Hi there, thanks for joining us. Today I am speaking with Matthew Haupt. He's from Wilson Asset Management and there he is responsible for the WAM Leaders Fund. Matt, great to talk to you. Yeah, likewise, Tom. Great it's to be been here. A while, it's been a while since we've chatted. Yeah, it has been. Um, a lot's gone on. Huge amounts going on. Um, but you know, every quarter seems like that these days. But we're heading into the reporting season locally. Uh, it just doesn't seem as though you can apply one lens to everything at the moment. That's that's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like the the, the change in the economy over the period of November December, um, huge change in consumer behaviour, and and the and the, I guess the backdrop uh, has changed a lot. So. You've really got to be quite particularly in your stock selection, but also within sector as well, because some sectors um, obviously have got a lot of headwinds coming, but um, they're printing really good results. So there's a bit of a, a quandary at the moment. Um, are the valuations supportive of the forward-looking environment versus the backward-looking data, which is quite positive, and we're seeing that now. So especially in the retail space, you're seeing really strong numbers but that's all backwards looking. Yeah. We've got to look forward and the, the forward environment is actually quite tough um, from where we were. That is an excellent point that you make about the retail space because we've seen um, Super Retail Group, you know, JB, Hi-Fi, I mean, dare I say it, even Maya printed some good numbers, <laughs> right? Um, now, we are talking on the morning of the release of the December quarter inflation numbers. We have seen these figures through the roof on expectations. This is really going to put the cat amongst the pigeons in terms of that rate hike conversation. And it really you know, um, puts into context your uh, uh, comment about looking forward. So how, how does that um, figure into your thinking now? Yeah, I mean, Mr. Lowe, the, the governor of the RBA, everyone thought he was on, on hold, maybe one left in him. Um, now two prints that have been beating expectations on inflation. So now he's got a, a serious discussion at the RBA uh, when they had their meeting. Um, two, two hot prints, is it enough to move the dial? Um, the, the, the rate market saying it, this print is probably enough to get that um, conversation back on the table. Yeah. Also, you're looking at the Aussie dollar and a few things which are, you know, I guess are supportive of pulling back inflation because the Aussie dollars had a great run off the back of the China reopening. Yeah. So still a mixed bag, but I, I think the conversation's a lot more active now of, of more rate hikes within Australia, despite um, a slowing economy. So you've got a little bit of um, consumer exposure in the portfolio. Um, uh, what have you got and what are you sticking, sticking, uh, sticking clear of? Yeah, I mean, for us, we're, we're trying to look forward all the time. So with our process, we're always thinking, uh, what does the forward environment look like? Are market conditions supportive of different sectors? And consumer discretionary is not a space we're playing in a massive way. I mean, we do have Star Casino, which yep. has got its own issues, yep. um, and the valuations at rock bottom. So yep. we, we're happy to play that because you've got downside support. The rest of the sector has run off all these hot prints. Is there better prints to come? I'd argue no. Yep. The environment's getting tougher. Um, what you see with the Australian um, variable mortgage market is obviously there's an impact which is a slow impact that has been building over the back half of last year and the real effects are starting to bite just now and there possibly could be some more. So, so you're talking about when all of those fixed rate mortgages roll off, correct. the rates are like you know um, uh, several percentage points higher than where they were locked in a couple of years ago. Yeah, correct. And even the, the, the base which is on the variable mortgage book 
it takes a couple of months before the interest rate hikes are passed through because it might for you know different times of the month then they send a letter out saying your your rates are going up and then their payment date so maybe a three-month delay lag at some time so what you've seen is the cumulative effect of the rate hikes coming through right now and then you've got the fixed rates which are rolling off this year and next year as well so they are headwinds you, you, then you can't not face those so these are actual headwinds coming through so uh, to go along consumer discretionary now um, it's probably a little bit early um, but the results obviously are good as the consumer was in a great position with excess savings so yeah. i just argue that maybe the forward environment's a bit tougher right so where you are um overweight is in the resource sector so that's served you well because like that group's been incandescent uh, for the last three or four months. Um, how um, long will you stick the course with that call? Yeah, we've been reducing it a little bit because um, you, quite often with investing, you, you're trying to predict events and get ahead of it. And yeah. and fortunately, we did that, but the re-rating was so quick, um, it's sort of taken one of our, our trade ideas away from us because of the quick revaluation. Because so, it kicked off in October, essentially, Yeah, it didn't sort it? of kicked off and then had the big re-rating in December when it, there was... The, the thing with China is you always get hints of their policy, what they're going to do, and they show you little examples and eventually they tell you. Yeah. And we were getting the hint, so we positioned. But then the re-rating was so fast. I mean, BHP at all-time highs and Rio Tinto um, getting up there as well. So we're like, that trade is a little bit exhausted. We still like the fundamentals, but the, the share price um, valuations now are a little high for us. Yep. We'd look to reduce and then hopefully get back into these trades if some of the money comes out of there. But... For the moment, um, I think there's better places to place your money, um, right. and there's some of these um, beaten up companies which are, you know, trading at ten year lows. We're we're trying to position our money in those now because we think they they offer you much better downside protection than uh, some of these elevated resource stocks at the moment. Right, where, where do you see the beaten up names? I mean, uh, a couple stand out. Lendlease is one. Yes, okay. Um, Lendlease is is trading at I think twelve or thirteen year lows. Um, everyone's taking a really negative view on the company. Obviously, development um, and they need capital from capital partners. People are taking a view they can't access that. Uh, we'd, we'd argue that's not correct. And even if they did, the share price is so low, um, you're actually getting compensated for that yeah. risk anyway. Right. Um, Dexus is another one. So, Office is on the nose. Office throughout COVID was like, you know, the death of, COVID, uh, death of Office from COVID. And now everyone's talking about working from home. Now, Texas is trading at a 40% discount to its net tangible assets. And that's not even taking into account the funds management business. So again, the downside protection is pretty high with these. So we're putting money into those because we're seeing the economy slow, no doubt. Yep. Um, the It seems to be picking up a bit of speed, uh, the slowdown. So I think you've got a position where you've got companies with a bit of defensive uh, characteristics or have already got a lot of downside factored into the price already. So they really stand out to us. So um, what's interesting in the, in the portfolio is that you've still got um, quite a solid position where for the financials are concerned, but um, you must be reassured about the quality of the, the book and how um, they've performed over the course of the last uh, couple of halves then. Yeah, I mean, the banks we've reduced quite a lot um, and put into the resource trade. So. Right. Uh, the banks at the moment are running a pretty decent underweight when you look at the benchmark. Um, yep. But that doesn't say we, we have fears around the Australian banking sector. Um, I know the international um, 
people were very negative on the Aussie banks and, yeah. the, and they've begun you know shorting them again which has been the widowmaker trade for the last decade because <laughs> everyone's like you know the Aussie property they see it um, as a proxy for property don't they correct and yeah. then you had China shut down but when China reopened we saw short covering in the Aussie banks as well because that removed one of the risks that you know China was um, economy was performing so poorly and then the Australian uh, economy is a proxy for China as well so that's getting covered so Australian banking sector, I think, looks fine. Yep. Um, a hard landing in Australia, unlikely to see unless Mr. Lowe gets uh, invigorated by these inflation prints and goes harder. But he's a, he's a dove at heart, and you've seen yeah. that um, where he's lagged other yep. central banks. So I think he's cognizant of the variable rate mortgage market in Australia and the impact it has. So I think he'll stay on the, on the dovish side. So we're about to head into the local reporting season. Um, God, how... How do you apply a thesis to this reporting season? Yeah, normally your starting points valuation. So um, what we're seeing in January is an incredible run-up. So the yeah. the bar is quite high. So you have to meet or you're going to get punished. And for us, it's really going to be an insight into the, the management as well. Are you a, a glass half full or a glass half empty? Yeah. Um, so guidance will be incredibly important. Uh, we think it'd be incredibly hard to guide in this environment because things are changing so fast. So for us, we're just going to look at um, management discipline. Um, Are they being too optimistic? And the starting valuations because of the run we've had, uh, the the stock market isn't cheap. Um, It's the opposite to the US. They kind of sold off and got to a reasonable level before the performance then kicked off. Yeah, I I think the big driver within Australia was that China reopening. And you saw a lot of international money hit Australian shores. And you saw that in the top 20 companies where the banks and resource companies were going up every day to steadily, didn't matter what the US market was doing, the US market would be down 1, 1.5%, 2%. The Aussie market would be up 1%. Um, that rarely happens, and it's just showing you the flow of money from this China reopening, which was a big catalyst uh, for a lot of funds to get more overweight Australia or just neutralise Australia. And I suppose uh, to that end, you know, um, the China reopening story has really played out and almost come to save us in, in some respects. But uh, are there any hiccups that you see emerging on that front? Is it going to be a false dawn for, for, for China? Uh, I don't think so. And the reason why I say that is the the language and the actions from the government at the moment. The Every week there is a new incentive for developers or property Um so they've been quite transparent on what they plan to do and they realise they have to come out of this slowdown because the economy actually did fall in a complete mess. Like the developers were going bust and liquidity. It was um, looking grim. It was looking very grim. I mean, back in October, November, you had, you know, when you had the US dollar shortage and, you know, cost of funding and developers going bust, um, not paying back bondholders, it looked terrible. Um, so they actually have to go really, really hard just to stabilize and get some growth. And it's a, such a large driver of growth in, in China. So they, they actually have to get this right. If they don't get it right, the economy is looking terrible. Like um, there's not too many other drivers that could lift that economy up. Well, on that cheery note, um, <laughs> uh, let's end it there. But Matt, it's always great to talk to you. So really grateful for your time. Thanks. No, for thanks. Appreciate and it. And thanks very much for joining us for the executive series today.